holding. Service is over and then I'll turn it into the office. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Would you stand as we begin our worship today? If you're in the room, we welcome you. We welcome those who are watching online. Let's worship together today. Shackles are no more. 
today and thank him for breaking every chain. If he's lifting a burden from your life, if he's taking the yokes off of you, can we just say a thank you, Jesus? Thank you. Yes, let's clap our hands and praise the wonderful almighty Jesus Christ. There's such power in his name and in his word. We go today to Psalms. Love the Psalms, don't you? Such encouragement. Psalms 84, and I'm going back to old school version, King James. The psalmist writes, My enough, yea, even faithful for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and a swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thy altars, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them. Who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pool. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appear before God. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Let us go before the Lord right now in a prayer, brothers and sisters, and trust, faith, and confidence that he will hear and answer our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, first of all, thank you. Thank you for hearing us today. Thank you for allowing us to be here another day to pray to you. What an honor, what a privilege to be your children. If you are God, our Father, we love you, Father. We love Jesus. We love the Holy Spirit. And we welcome you into our heart. Order our steps today and every day according to thy word, your will, and your good pleasure. Father, we want to please you. Every thought, word, and deed. Let the word, mouths, and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, dear God. And thank you, Lord, for being our strength and our redeemer. 
Lord, we ask today that you will just protect us as you have through this whole year, all our lives, in fact. We ask from all danger, from danger seen and unseen alike. Shield us, O God, from the adversity that is in this world, so that we will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. We trust in you, dear God. We thank you for your angels, which you have sent to cover us, to even bear us up in their hands, that we not dash our foot against the stones. Father God, we ask that you forgive us of all sins, of all iniquity, both of commission and omission. We ask, Lord, that you would just help us to stay on that right path. And, Lord, where we have need, and we are a needy people, dear God, provide for us, Lord, according to your word. Provide things in the desert as only you can. Keep us out once again from the peril that lurks in this world, from the evil one. Make the crooked path straight for us, dear God. And we thank you that you led us to the church today. God, what better, Lord, than in your holy house. And, Lord, we just ask today that you will bless all those not robbery to come here and your holy manifest presence where there is fullness of joy where you said there are blessings forevermore we ask father that you bless those who are at home those who are sick those who have lost loved ones those who could not be here today for one reason or the other have mercy and love us like you always do dear God and just shower us with your favor and your grace for that we are so thankful in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Hey, CTC family. I'm Casey, and here's this week's news. Next weekend, we will begin a series of individual messages called It's a Cultural Thing. In these messages, we will take a look at the challenges of living out faith in various cultures throughout the world. In the first of these, we will hear from our own Johnny Kiyocha, and he will share with us what it's like to live the Christian faith in Nigeria. Both campuses will have the opportunity to hear from John. As we look for creative ways to reach into the community around our Ellesmere campus, we see a real need to minister to families. Beginning on Wednesday, June 16th, and running through July 28th, we will be hosting Neighborhood Night at Ellesmere. Every Wednesday from 6 to 7.30, we will have activities for the whole family. There will be a light dinner followed by activities and study opportunities for every age group. We need your help with children, food service, setup, and teardown. For more information or to sign up, contact Pastor Sharon at soconnor at ctcde.church or call the Ellesmere Campus office. For more information on these and other events, including our car show on June 20th, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church. Or if you are worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week.
our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, it's always our pleasure to connect with you. It's a deep, heartfelt desire to connect with you. So toward that end, if you're in the room, on your table, or at your chair, you will find a connection card. If you're online, there is a button that you can click to connect with us. The card looks like this, and it has an opportunity for you to record demographic information about you and list prayer concerns and also list information where we can connect with you later. The same thing happens if you're online. Click the tab, and all the information that's requested can be found there. In addition, you have the opportunity to write prayer concerns, which what is critically important about a prayer concern is that we pray for your needs over the week in intercessory prayer. We go right to our Lord and Savior and lift your concerns before him. Amen. Amen. Very good. Thank you. Uh, Fran, and I want to welcome you also. So good to see all of you here this morning as we gather together as the body of Christ at Christ the Cornerstone. We want to encourage each other in our faith with several principles uh, that we teach here. And today, uh, I think we've got principle number four. And I invite you to read this out loud with me. We give God all that he asks of us, not just a portion of it. And then there's a scripture verse from Proverbs that goes along with it. And let me ask you to read this with me. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. What kind of wine? (laughs) Yes, that's in the Bible. Yay, thank you, Jesus. We want to encourage you to continue to, as we give, and as, as we, not just of our financial resources, but of ourselves. That's what Christ asks us to do. And I want to thank you for, for being here, uh, using the envelope or giving online as, uh, as you're able to do, uh, out of the graciousness and the, and the joyfulness of what God has given to you. Let's continue to worship. Let me ask you to stand with me if you're here in the room, uh, and let's pray together as the team continues to lead us in worship. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for your generosity and the promises that you give to us. When we commit ourselves totally and fully to you, you do take care of us. You provide everything that we need. We thank you for that. Come and inhabit the praises of your people as we continue to sing and worship to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jesus is alive today, right? Because he is alive, he has made us alive. And because he is alive and we are alive, we have hope because he is our living hope. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we worship you today as the one who is, who was and who is and who is to come. He is alive forevermore. We thank you. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven 
today. Lord, you give us hope. You give us hope. And Lord, today, because the, the rocks will praise you if we don't cry out to you. Lord, creation praises you. All of the things that you have created, Lord, including us, we give you praise and honor and glory today. If creation praises you, if the rocks would praise you, if, if the sunshine praises you, then today our declaration is, so will I. So, Lord, today we lift our voices to you in worship and praise and adoration. Receive our praise today, Lord. And God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, you spoke to the dark and flushed out the wonder of life. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born in the vapor of your breath the planets born if the stars were made to worship so alive I can see your heart in everything you made every burning star
Amen. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, let's go before our mighty God that Bill and Debbie just sang about, who will never, ever leave us behind, asking his blessings on the message today. Could you bow your heads, please? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in holy reverence just for who you are. Lord, we ask today for your blessings and your anointing on the message that is about to be delivered to us and on the the speaker, our own Pastor Roger. Bless him, dear God. Fill him to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. We ask, dear God, that we open our ears to hear and eyes, open them so that we can see what you have to say. Open the eyes of our heart, O God. We need the power and the truth of your Holy Word. We ask, dear God, that you bless the feet of Pastor Roger, the blessed feet, as he brings this word to us today. Strengthen him. Encourage him. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you bless everyone who is here today because they wanted to hear what thus saith the Lord. We love you, Father. We need you. Speak to us, dear God, through your servant today. In your holy son's name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. And as you're being seated, the children, uh, parents, you can take your children to their classrooms this morning. Uh, oh, no, you're going to stay with us through the whole time. I forgot that. Uh, great. Glad to have you here. Go ahead. The Gospels tell us a lot about the character of Jesus through its descriptive terms. We see him as teacher, as healer, redeemer, savior. Messiah, But the busyness of life and the cares of this world threaten to crowd all that out and make it seem like just a huge jumbled mess. When we truly invite Jesus to guide our lives and our thoughts, he'll show us who he really is. Mark my words. Okay. So, since the children are going to stay with us to the service because it's Communion Sunday and we want the children to, to be here while we take, while we take communion together, uh, let me ask the children a question. Are you loved? I've got to say that a little bit louder. I can't hear the rocks rattling in your head. Somebody loves you. Right. Would you, would you turn to your parents or whoever, whatever adult is next to you and would you say out loud, you are loved. Go. Oh, that's so loud. <laughs> you are loved. Now, parents or adults who are near children, turn to the children and say back to them, You are loved. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I'm here to, today to remind you that you are loved. If you're watching 
You are loved. You know, we need to hear that over and over in our lives. We're loved. And I know that all of us, we, we do things that disappoint other people. We do things that we know we're not supposed to do. We get selfish. We get greedy. We, we get impatient. But you are loved. And that's the, that's the basic need that we all have in life. And we need to be reminded over and over that somebody loves us. God loves us. All the imperfections, all the mistakes, all the... Th- the things that we know we shouldn't do or shouldn't think, God still loves me. And God still loves you. Are you, though, convinced beyond shadow of a doubt that God loves you and loves every part of you and your life? Are you absolutely convinced of that? (laughs) I thought I'd just pause and wait, see what kind of a reaction we get. But I think for all of us, there's a time in our lives when we wonder, God, where is your love? How do I experience your love? Is it, is it real? Are you going to stay with me? Because we all have things in our lives that we say, oh, if so-and-so knew about this in my life, it would be over. But with God, His love is so steadfast so faithful to us that regardless of anything that we do, anything that we say, God still loves us. doesn't mean that God wants us to continue doing those things, but God still loves us. My children, for example, have disappointed me. And my children are, 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 are 23 and 27, and they're beautiful. I love them. And I think they're just still young adults in their lives. And there's still a lot of life that my children can live. And they may, they may make decisions that I disagree with. They may make decisions that, I, that, that disappoint me. And for a moment, I may say, I don't feel like loving you. <laughs> so I'm making a commitment today that regardless, I will love my children. Now, that may not be easy for me always to do. How about you? Some of you have children who are older. Some of you have grandchildren. I don't have grandchildren yet and these things. But God's love comes to us regardless of whether or not we deserve it. We are loved. Are you absolutely convinced of that yet in your life? Huh? I get some yeses. (laughs) If you're online, post a yes. Or a maybe. Or if you're brave enough, I'm not sure. As we continue to walk through this book of Mark, today's answer to the question, who is Jesus? The answer is, Jesus is beloved. Jesus is loved. And if Jesus is loved, wouldn't God also expect us to, be, to experience the love of God the Father just as Jesus is experiencing God's love in His life? Let's take a moment to list all of the words that we've heard so far through this series about who is Jesus. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is healer. We talked about that. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is teacher. Jesus is supreme. 
Jesus is dispatcher. He sends out his people into the world so that others can experience everything that God does. Jesus is pure. Jesus is Messiah. And today, Jesus is beloved. Let's look at our story today coming from the book of Mark, chapter 9. And if you're here in the room, we've, put the, we've pulled the Bibles back out after COVID, and we're not supposed to touch things, and they've all been sanitized and cleaned, and they've been sitting in a room for over a year, and there ain't no piece of COVID that's going to live on these, on these Bibles. So go ahead and grab your Bible that's near you, or if you're online, uh, get a Bible that is a, uh, an a- app or something, or if you go to the Version app that we've got on our website. Matt, uh, Mark chapter 9 We'll be reading verses 2 through 8 this morning. I'm going to try to adjust my microphone and see if I can stop that popping from, from my side. not sure where it's coming from. Mark chapter 9, reading with verse 2 through 8. We read in this six days later, I don't know, Jesus had been teaching with his disciples and we just jump in. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James and John and led them up a high mountain to be alone. Now, it's important as we're reading scripture and we're doing things as Jesus wants us to do them, we're learning things. He went up there to be alone with his disciples. We've got all got to take time to be alone with Jesus. We've got to do that in our daily lives. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed. His clothes became dazzling white. Children, can you picture that? Maybe you want to draw a picture of of Jesus' clothes changing from being whatever they are to dazzling white. I don't know, you've got a white crayon or whatever. I don't know how you draw a picture of that. And they were far whiter than any earthly cleaning or bleach could ever make them. And all of a sudden, Elijah, an old prophet, and Moses, we know Moses, appeared and began talking with Jesus. Moses and Elijah had lived long before Jesus. But there they appeared, the three of them. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, which means teacher, It's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials. Let's build something. Let's build a monument. Let's build a house. Let's build a temple. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, Peter said this because he really didn't know what to say. And he was terrified. They all were terrified. Now, when you get scared, are you one of those people that when you get scared, you just jump into action and you just start, you start saying whatever comes off the, go do here, go do this, do whatever. Peter was one of those people that his mouth just went, whap, 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 <laughs> when he got scared. I'm the opposite. When I get scared, I'm probably going to shut up. <laughs> How about you? But they were terrified. And Peter just blurted this out. We've got we've to do something. Many of us feel that way when we're afraid. But as Peter was stammering on like that, then 
a cloud came over them. And a voice came from the cloud and shouted, This is my dearly loved Son. Listen to Him. Suddenly they looked around and Moses and Elijah were gone. And they saw only Jesus with them. One of those powerful experiences. We call it a mountaintop experience. And you've probably heard, heard people say, oh, I, just had a, I just came off the mountaintop. I had a mountaintop experience. It was wonderful. We might think of Christmas as being a mountaintop experience. Birthday parties can be mountaintop experiences because they're wonderful days. They're celebration days. And Peter was feeling, wow, it's great and wonderful to be here with Jesus. But as Peter was having that mountaintop experience, God said to him something like, shut up! (laughs) You're missing the point. And he's saying to them, Jesus is not equal to Moses and Elijah. Jesus is greater than Moses and Elijah. No, you don't need to build a monument. You don't need to set something up that's equal to, to Jesus and Elijah and Moses because, wait a minute, listen. This Jesus is my one and only beloved Son. Listen to Him. This, uh, a week ago Friday, Carolyn and I had a mountaintop experience, literally. And if you read my email that I sent out on, on Thursday or Friday morning, I think it went out, I showed a picture, and uh, we got a picture of the, the mountaintop experience that I had. This is a picture from Pikes Peak. It's turned, it shows, looks pretty good on the screen. And uh, yeah, it is awesome. You can see, I mean, we've got the clouds at the top level, but this, this next line of, of uh, white, are the, uh, that's the mountains about 100 miles away from the top of Pikes Peak. And then here's part of Pikes Peak, a little bit lower than where we are, and a huge valley and all kinds of mountains between the two. Uh, we're actually looking at the Continental Divide. You know what the Continental Divide is, right? Rain falls on one side of the mountain and it goes into the Mississippi River. Rain falls on the other side of the mountain, it goes into the Pacific Ocean. Awesome. This creation that God has given to us. So Carolyn and I, we did not climb to the top of Pikes Peak. 14,000 feet. We're at maybe 40 or 50 feet above sea level sitting right here. Denver, where we were staying, or Boulder, is about uh, about 8,000 feet. Uh, feet above sea level, and then Pikes Peak is another 6,500 feet above that, 14 little 14,100 feet above sea level. It's hard for us to imagine how high that is, but it's a long ways up. And it was a mountaintop experience. We took the cog rail train because I wasn't going to climb all that. And the air is so thin up there when you stand up because you're sitting down in the in the in the train. When you stand up in the train, the blood falls down to your feet you begin to feel a little bit dizzy because you don't have as much oxygen up there as we did. But we got out, we walked around the mountain, I walked through the snow, you can see some of the snow up there, Um, knee-deep snow, I had to get into the snow. I just, you know, it's snow. The only thing I regret is that I didn't build a little snowman. And then captioned it, do you want to build a snowman? (laughs) You all know that song. The view from Pikes Peak is amazing. 
Let's put Jesus' hike up his mountain in perspective in the book of Mark. The theme of this part of our series through Mark is to answer the question, Who is Jesus? And as we have gone through each chapter, we have heard several people answer that question. The first person who answered the question way back in chapter 1 of the book of Mark was God Himself. And it was at the occasion when Jesus was baptized. And John the Baptist put Jesus under the water and Jesus came up out of the water and the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove. And there was a booming voice, just like there was in this story. And that voice said to Jesus, You are my beloved Son and You bring Me great joy. Parents, please be sure to say to your children, I love you and you bring me great joy. Even when the children do things that aren't so joyful. (laughs) Our children need to hear that. You need to hear your heavenly Father saying to you, you are my dearly beloved child and I am pleased with you. And I know you do things that aren't so pleasing, but you bring me great joy. We all need to be reminded of that in our lives. Jesus heard that at the beginning of His ministry. You are my Son, and with you I am well pleased. You bring me great joy. And here at this point in in chapter 9, we hear God saying the same thing. But there's a difference between the time when God said it in chapter 1 and the time that God said it again in chapter 9. And the difference is the audience. In chapter 1, God is speaking directly to Jesus and He says, You are my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And I can, I can picture moments in my life when I was starting out to do something that was a little bit risky like going off to college, perhaps even starting a new classroom, and starting in a new classroom. It's kind of scary to go into a new classroom on the first day of school. And we need our parents to say to us as we go into these new experiences, and they're not going to be there, we need our parents to say to us, you're going to do great. You bring me great joy. Make good decisions. Make me proud. Some things some parents say, be a leader, not a follower. And we need to hear these encouraging words as we start out in things. But the difference in in chapter 9 is that that God is not saying these words to Jesus. Now He's saying these words to the people around Him. And Peter has blurted out, we need to set up this thing. And God says, no, 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 you're missing the point. He says, to Peter and James and John and anyone else who might be able to hear, this person, Jesus, is my dearly loved son. I love Elijah. I love Moses. But Jesus is my son. And then he says, listen to him. Are you listening to Jesus? Are you taking time each day to say, Jesus, speak to me? There's a great contrast in here in these two sentences. God says, listen to Jesus. So just as Peter interrupts the conversation, God interrupts Peter and says, hold on, Peter. You're not getting this. This Jesus 
is my dearly loved son. Be quiet and listen to him. And again, Jesus is affirmed as God's beloved son. I was thinking about what happens in our lives when God pours his love into us. What happens in our lives when God's love comes into us? What changes? Something better change. And I was thinking about that, and, and I came across the writing of a, of a person from the 1400s, the Middle Ages. And this man's name is Thomas Kempis, K-E-M-P-I-S. And he was a monk from the Middle Ages. His name was Thomas. He was from a German town called Kempen. And Thomas Akempis is a French way of saying his German word. I don't know why they did it that way. <laughs> Thomas Akempis. And I'm going to read a long quotation from Thomas Akempis. And in it, he describes the change that happens in a person's life when God's love is poured in to us. And Thomas writes these words. 600 years ago, about. He says, O oh Lord, my God, my holy love, when you enter my heart, everything rejoices in me. You are my glory and the joy of my heart. You are my hope and my refuge in the day of my distress. But because I am still frail in love and flawed in virtue, I need to be comforted and consoled by you. Do you realize your need for God every moment of every day? Do you realize your the need that you have for God's love? And so Thomas continues to write, Come to me often and teach me the ways of holiness. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Free me from all evil and heal my heart of all confusion. And once I am healed and cleansed within... I may then be able to love you as I should. I may then be strong in suffering and steadfast in pressing on. I need God's love, do you? He continues to write, Love is a great thing, a great good in every way. For it alone lightens every burden and passes smoothly over all misfortunes. Love carries a burden without feeling it. And it makes every bitter thing sweet and savory. The noble love of Jesus spurs us on to do great things and excites us always to long to be perfect as God is perfect. Love wants to soar to the heights and not be tied down by anything low. Love wants to be free, unencumbered, and whole, lest its inner vision be clouded by any momentary gain or temporary setback. Nothing is sweeter than love. Nothing stronger. Nothing more sublime. Nothing more expansive. Nothing more joyful. Nothing more abundant or better in heaven or on earth. Love is born of God. In the end, it rests in nothing other than God. 
A person who loves may soar, may run and rejoice, is free and nothing holds him back. He gives all for all and has all in all, since above all he rests in that one highest good from whom all good springs and flows. He does not look at the gifts he receives, but he turns himself beyond all the gifts to see the giver. Love often shows no limit, but exceeds all limits. Love feels no burden, shrugs off all labor, aims beyond its strength, and refuses to admit impossibility because love believes that it can accomplish anything it does. Love keeps watch. And sleeping, love keeps one eye open. Tired, It is not wearied. Constrained, love is never bound. Frightened, love is never terrified. But like a living flame or burning torch, it mounts upward, passing through unharmed. Whoever loves recognizes this voice. My God, my love, you are all mine and I am all yours. We sang a phrase like that. It is the cry of an ardent soul deeply in love with God. Stretch wide my love, God, so that I may learn to taste how sweet it is to love, to dissolve in love, to swim in love. Let me be gripped by love, soaring beyond myself through boundless passion and wonder. Let me sing love's song. Let me follow you, my beloved, on high. Let my will, exalting in love, lose itself in your praise. Let me love you more than myself. Let me love myself only for love of you. And let me love you in all others who truly love you as the law of love which shines From you commands. Love is swift, honest, devout, joyous, pleasing. Love is strong, patient, faithful, prudent, long-suffering, courageous. Love is never self-seeking for one. When we seek ourselves, we abandon love. I want to say that one again. When we seek ourselves, we abandon love. Love is watchful, humble, upright. It is not soft. It is not frivolous. It is not given to empty things. Love is sober. Love is chaste, steadfast, calm, and it always stays alert. Love is submissive and obedient. It is ordinary and insignificant in its own eyes and devout and grateful to God, always trusting and hoping in Him. Even when it cannot taste Him, for one does not know love without pain. One does not know love without pain. And the person who is not ready to suffer all things and to do all things that his beloved asks does not deserve to be called a lover. For the sake of the beloved... A lover should be willing should willingly embrace every hardship and bitterness and never turn away from his beloved when things go wrong.
such an amazing description of the love of God. I know that was a long quote, (laughs) but powerful. And like Jesus, amen, and like Jesus, we need to experience that fullness of God's love. So I ask you, do you? Are you taking time to rest in this beautiful love that God has for us? Do you hear God declaring you to be dearly loved? By your trust in Jesus, this one who, who, who is not like all the others. And Jesus himself said, no one. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. Jesus is God's dearly beloved Son. And by our friendship with Jesus, by our trust in Him, Jesus pours into us all this love of God that transforms our lives just as it transformed Jesus on that day. Where are you in relation to this Jesus, to this love as we take communion this morning. If you're at home, I encourage you to go get some uh, bread and juice or some wine and celebrate communion with us this morning on the tables or on the chair beside you. Uh, there's a little cup that's got communion, that's got uh, juice in it, and on top of it is a little wafer. Go ahead and you can take that and peel that open, but let's just kind of hold it uh, until we all can uh, have it and receive it. If you need gluten-free bread here in the room, I've got gluten-free cups here. Fran, would you take these around, please, those who need gluten-free? Fran is coming around with gluten-free. Just raise your hand if you need gluten-free, and Fran will be with you. I want to invite us today as we prepare to take this sacrament. Let's... Let's respond by saying together the Apostles' Creed, and then we'll pray together the Lord's Prayer. Will you join me? Let's say the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I do believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let's pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Jesus, let's pray together. Jesus, we remember that day when you gave your life for us. 
you sat with your disciples, you took the bread and you broke the bread and you gave it, that you gave thanks to your heavenly Father. He said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's take and eat and be thankful. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks to God, and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink and remember what Christ has done for us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for giving yourself to us. We pray, Lord, that you cover us with your Holy Spirit continually. Don't just cover us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Just as we we, we take in this bread and this juice as a remembrance of who you are, the beloved Savior, Son of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness. Help us, Lord, to give ourselves to you in trust, to receive and, and apply to our lives this love that you make available to us so often. Thank you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to stand together as we continue to worship God, singing the platform area is open if you desire to come and kneel and pray. I invite you to do that. Let's sing. Come. 
bear your cross as you wait for a crown. Tell the world of the treasure you found. Lord, we thank you for the treasure that we find in you. We thank you, Lord, that you place that treasure in us in, in jars of clay that you choose to do your work in this world through us. Lord, we thank you that just as Peter and James and John and Jesus couldn't stay on that mountaintop, they had to come back down because there was so much important work to do. Lord, we know you have work for us to do. Lord, we pray that as we have heard these messages over the last nine weeks about how awesome you are, you are a healer, you're a Messiah, you're a Savior, you're a Son of God. Lord, all that is living in us because of you. Because you are our living hope. So, Lord, today, go with us as we leave this place. Strengthen us, Lord, we pray. Holy Spirit of God, fill us so that we might be your instruments in this world. We pray in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. The front area is still open if you want to come and pray somebody to pray with you. There are folks at the prayer station. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for worshiping with us.